This is part two titled New Creation in the sermon series on our identity in Christ, who we are in Christ. Be enriched as you listen. All right. Now, usually in our in-person services, we have a time for making our declaration as a congregation. We all rise up to our feet and uh, we hold our Bibles high up in the air and we say, uh, we declare our faith uh, together. And we haven't done that uh, for quite a few Sundays, having had to move to these um, uh, recorded uh, online services. But we're going to do that today. So uh, I'm going to you know, just lead us in the declaration. The words will come on your screen. And right where you are, just declare it. Uh, together with me, and uh, you know, just just these are the words that express what God has done for us in Christ, and so it's good for us to make our declaration. So I'm going to lead us in the declaration, and you can just affirm that. You can just say it from wherever you are. Let's let's do this together. Let's say this out loud, bold, and strong because we believe it, because we mean it. Let's say this together. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I am saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I am blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ and a channel of his blessing to many people. I receive his word, I believe his word, and I live by his word. Christ is my master. To him, I am in absolute surrender. I walk in the more glorious covenant with God. I live the more glorious life in the spirit. I manifest the more glorious ministry of the spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Oh, it's wonderful just to uh, make that declaration to affirm what the Word of God says about us and uh, to do that, wonderful. So we started a series of uh, studies on our identity in Christ. We began that last Sunday, and we're going to spend several weeks on this But as we emphasized last Sunday, it is a very important study. It is a very important truth that has been unveiled to us as believers in the New Testament. And uh, it is worthwhile for us to go in there, examine it, and and let it settle in our hearts and in our minds. And uh, for us to begin to pray about and ask the Lord for grace to walk and live the life that we have in Christ Jesus. So last Sunday, we introduced this message, this uh, series of studies. We began by uh, sharing the fact that the Lord Jesus himself foretold or told his disciples that there will come a time when they will know that they are in him and he is in them. In John 14, verses 19 and 20. So he said, in that, at that day, you will know that I am in the Father, you are in me, and I am in you. So he, fought, he foretold uh, to his disciples that they're going to receive that revelation. And sure enough, when we come into the epistles, uh, we see primarily the Apostle Paul, but as well as the others, write about our life in Christ and our union with 
the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we laid a little foundation last Sunday as we talked about uh, the fact that we are in Christ Jesus. And we looked at Ephesians chapter 1, where in that uh, one chapter, the Apostle Paul uh, at least 10 times talks about being in Christ or in Christ Jesus or in him. And then he uses 16 descriptors to describe the believer as who the believer is in Christ. And then he prays for a revelation so that we may know these things that God has given to us as our inheritance. So we, we stopped there last Sunday and we're going to pick up from there this, this morning. And uh, today I want to focus in and talk to us a little bit about the new creation. Now, many of us are familiar with these scriptures in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verses 17 and 18. And we'll just uh, read that anyway. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. Uh, we hear that very often. And uh, let's just read those two verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I like to read the first part of the next verse, verse 18. Now, all things are of God. And he continues, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So we're going to focus in on talking about this new creation. The Apostle Paul stated here, if anyone is in Christ. Now, we're going to emphasize various aspects of this new creation. I want to just begin here by emphasizing that word anyone. If anyone is in Christ. You know, the, the gospel is for whoever. The gospel is for everybody. And here the Apostle Paul is reminding us, if anyone is in Christ, any person can come to be in Christ, regardless of what our current situation in life is, regardless of what our uh, life journey has been till this point, what our you know, uh, uh, achievements or successes or failures have been, whatever, whoever we are, any person can come into this wonderful life that is in Christ Jesus, and it's open for everybody. God is welcoming every person to come in and experience this life in Christ. If anyone is in Christ. Now, the Lord Jesus spoke about this new life uh, when he, in his teaching, you know, Paul, the apostle wrote, if anyone is in Christ, he's the new creation. We're going to talk a little bit more about the new creation. Uh, but I want to just move back in time when Jesus himself spoke about this new life. One of the important passages that where Jesus taught about this is in John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. And I'm not going to read the whole passage. Many of us are familiar with that. And I'll just highlight a few statements that Jesus made. He said, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. Unless a man is born again, this is John chapter 3, and verse 3, born again. That word again simply means, uh, could also be translated born anew or born from above. And so you'll find uh, in various versions of the Bible, it's translated unless a man is born anew or born from above. 
So what Jesus is saying really is this, that there is this need, and not only the need, but the possibility that we can be born anew from above, from heaven. That is, we can have this new life that comes from God uh, in heaven. So he said, we must be born again. And uh, in that same passage, Jesus, Jesus contrasts uh, the natural birth, what is born of the flesh is flesh, and the spiritual birth. So this, this being born again, born anew from above, has to do with our spiritual life, having life in our spirit. And then he explains to us later on, verse 8, he says, you know, uh, we can't, we feel the wind where it blows, but we don't know where it comes from, where it's going, but we can experience the blowing wind in the same way, while we cannot exp explain all the dynamics of how a person receives this new life from above, yet it is so real because you're born of the Holy Spirit, the born of the Holy Spirit. So this being born again, born anew with new life from heaven takes place in our spirit and it comes into us by the work of the Holy Spirit. And so what we see in scripture is that um, the word of God, First Peter chapter 1, verse 23, we are born again by the incorruptible word of God. And we are also born again by the work of the Holy Spirit. And that is Titus chapter 3 and verse 5, that the Holy Spirit washes us, uh, gives us new birth, and gives us new life. We are saved by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit washes, regenerates, gives us new birth and renews, gives us new life. And so this new life in us, which Jesus spoke about, God brings it into us by his word and by his spirit. So just keep this in mind. And if you want to look at it in a natural, uh, in a natural analogy, you know, when a, a, a baby is born into a family, that baby uh, you know, has some uh, traits, or, you know, if you want to say some part of the genes that are transmitted to it from its parents. The baby is born in this family. It inherits, you know, all the things that belong to this family, the family name, um, uh, and all that the family has automatically belongs to this baby. But the baby has to grow up and understand a lot of things and, and then uh, uh, begin to walk in what belongs to him or her. And so also, in the spiritual. You know, we are born into the family of God. Uh, we have uh, things that God himself has imparted to us. We inherit so many things that God has made available to us. But in this new life, we have to grow and journey in and walk in the things that God has made available to us. Now, this new creation, how did it happen? And what are some things that we can say about the new creation? What we must understand, and Paul brings this out for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30, he says, But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. But of him, or but because of him, or the Good News Bible puts it like this, but God has brought you into union 
with Christ Jesus. So because of God, it's a work of God. God brought us to be in Christ. God himself took us and put us in Christ. So because of him, that's how we came to be in Christ. So anyone can be born again, can receive Jesus into their lives, receive this new life from above. And at that moment of new birth, God himself brings us into Christ. He brings us into union with Christ. And uh, I'll just mention here, this verse says that because we are in Christ, Christ has been made to us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Now, we're going to study all of these things in the weeks to come. What does it mean? But the point is, when you come into Christ and God himself brings us into Christ, then now Christ makes himself available to you and me. Christ is wisdom. He is now your wisdom. You can receive or draw from the wisdom of God for, for whatever you need. Christ is our redemption. Christ himself is our sanctification. He himself sets us apart. And Christ is our redemption. We are truly redeemed. And the devil has no right, no claim over our lives. And all this becomes available to us when we are brought into Christ. Another thing I want to we want to understand about coming into Christ is seen in Ephesians 2 verse 10, where Paul says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. I want to emphasize that we are created in Christ Jesus. What does this mean? It means that when God brought us into Christ, into this place of being in Christ, he created us in Christ. That means the creative act of God. It took a creative work of God to bring us there. So God didn't take the old person and put us in Christ. He did something brand new. You became a new creation. The creative work of God took place in your spirit and he created you brand new and he brought you into Christ. You, have, you and I have been created in Christ Jesus. So in that creative act of God, what did not exist came into existence. You became a new creation. A new creation, a new you was brought into existence that moment he took you and placed you in Christ Jesus. And you know, many of these verses that we are referencing now, we will be coming back to them because we are emphasizing only a part of that scripture, uh, but we're going to study, we've got to look at the rest of that scripture too. So we will be coming back to many of these verses. Now, as God brought us into Christ, the other thing I want to highlight was is that the Holy Spirit baptized us into Christ. And we read about this in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. He says, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. That's the body of Christ, or Christ himself. Whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, have all been made to drink into one spirit. So now he's talking about the work of the Holy Spirit in bringing us into Christ. The word baptize simply means to immerse, to submerge, or just bring us in. So the Holy Spirit baptized us into Christ, into his body. And every believer from all over the world, regardless of our uh, origin or background, we are all brought into Christ, uh, whether you know, Jews or Greeks or 
slave or free, you know, whatever our standing is, we're all being brought in to Christ by one Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of God baptized us or immersed us into Christ. So this is the baptism into, uh, by the Holy Spirit into Christ himself. The Holy Spirit did this work for us. And therefore, we can say this, that the moment we were born again, not only did we become a new creation, receiving new life from above, but at that instant, when you receive new life from above, the Holy Spirit also put you into Christ. He brought you into Christ. And how did this happen? So Paul brings this out for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. He says, He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. He who is united with Jesus Christ, who comes into Christ, becomes one spirit or spiritually one with him. So our union with Jesus Christ, us coming into Christ, took place in our spirit. That means your human spirit became a new creation, received new life from above, and was brought into Christ. And spiritually, you are one with Jesus. Now, two things I want to highlight here in connection to this verse, 1 Corinthians 6, 17. It means that our spirit, human spirit, your spirit, has been united with Jesus. Therefore, this life in Christ is going to work out of your spirit through your soul and into your body. So when you and I became a new creation, it wasn't our soul or our body that became a new creation. It was our spirit. And our spirit was united with Christ, became one with him. And so from there, you and I are going to experience the outworking of this new life in Christ. And we have to understand how that happens, which we will discover in the weeks to come uh, as we discover our identity, our inheritance, and then how to live out of this new life in Christ. And that's a big area that we need to examine and understand so that not only do we understand the inheritance that we have, what has happened, our identity, what we have in Christ, our inheritance, what God has blessed us with, but we must learn how to live out of our identity and our inheritance in Christ. And, and, but that outworking takes place from our spirit, in our soul, and in our body, because in our spirit, we have become one with the Lord. Now, what is interesting in this passage in 1 Corinthians, and we just read verse 17, but if you read the whole context, verses 12 through 19, so what the Apostle Paul is telling us is that everything about us belongs to the Lord because we have been joined to him spiritually. So he says this in verse 13, he says, the body is for the Lord and the Lord is for the body. Verse 15, he says, your bodies, your bodies are part of the body of Christ, are members of Christ. He says, your body, verse 19, is a temple of the Holy Spirit. In verse 20, he says, you know, you've been bought with a great price. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which belong to God. So the, in the middle of all this is verse 17, you're spiritually one with him. So what we can deduct or deduce is this, that because I'm spiritually one with him, Everything else about me has been brought in to him and belongs to him. And the, everything about me is for the Lord and the Lord is for the body. That means God cares and God imparts into every aspect of my life through my union with Christ Jesus. Understand that. 
because you're spiritually one with Jesus. You've been joined to the Lord. Everything about you is now his and he touches every aspect of your life, spirit, soul, body, and everything else. God uh, touches every part of it because you are spiritually one with him. So this also leads us to understand that when Paul says, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation, we must understand that we are new creatures in our spirit. You see, we are all tripart beings, spirit, soul, and body. So your spirit became a new creation, received new life from above. You were born again in your spirit. But your soul needs to be renewed. That's an ongoing process. Your body needs to be brought in subjection to what God has done in your spirit. So you're born again in your spirit. You receive new life from above in your spirit. Your spirit has become a new creation. Your spirit has been joined to the Lord. Now your spirit has to grow in this. It's like you're being, you're born into this family as a baby. Everything is already there, but the spirit has to grow into these things. Then that, what God has done in your spirit needs to affect your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. There has to be the renewing and the transfer of your mind. And then it has to touch your body. That means your choices, your desires, your affections, the, um, the actions of your body, what you do has to be transformed. But God works from there. You're a new creature in your spirit. It has to affect your soul and your body. Now, this is where many believers fail. We, we, we are wonderfully saved. We are born again. We come into this, uh, all God does all of this. He brings us into Christ. That's his work. The Holy Spirit baptizes in, us into Christ. That's his work. But, you know, we don't grow spiritually. And if we don't grow spiritually, we really can't see the transformation of our soul. And so believers still struggle with unrenewed minds, or the Bible calls it carnal minds. They are true believers, they're genuinely saved, but they're still struggling with a carnal mind, a mind that is still struggling with you know, fleshly desires and wrong desires. And they're still struggling with the flesh, just doing, ending up doing wrong things. And so what God has done in the spirit cannot be seen on the outside because the transformation has to work from inside out, affecting our soul and our body. We are new creatures in our spirit, but there's work to be done in our soul and in our body and how the life of, how we live out the life of God. And as we make this journey understanding about our identity with Christ, our goal is to see the transformation of our soul and to see our life, uh, the way we live, also transformed and changed. A few more things and then we are going to close. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17 again. I know I'm coming back uh, to that same verse over and over again. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And I want to just talk a little bit about that word new, new creation. There are two Greek words uh, used uh, in, in, in the context of new. What is interesting, as I've just pointed out, is that both these Greek words, kainos, as well as neos, are used in reference to this new creation or this new man that we are in Christ. So that means this new creation is new, both in character, in quality, in a sense, 
And also it's new in time. In contrast to the old man, the old man began with Adam, the new man begins with Christ. And not only is it new in time, but also new in quality, in character, in a sense. The old man was sinful in its nature. The new man is, as we will say, it's, it's in the image of God. It's new in quality. So new in time and new in nature. So if you want to look at it from a, a genetics perspective or a biology perspective, you would say uh, something that's new both in character, in character and quality and in time, uh, we would call it a new species. Something that is genetically distinct, a new species. So if you want to use that term, it's fine. We could say this new creation really is a new species, something that is new in quality and character in a sense in nature and also new in time. And that's what God has done for us. And we were born again. We became new creatures. We became a new species, uh, a kind of being uh, that, that, that didn't exist before because everyone was born of Adam. When we were born of Adam, we had the old nature. But now we are born of Christ. This is a new species of people um, uh, who've got a new identity, who've got a new nature, and who've got a new way of living. And that's who we are as new creation in Christ. So we have a new identity. Uh, Paul brings us out there in uh, Ephesians beautifully. Uh, he tells us, you know, uh, Things have changed. And I'll just highlight a few things he mentions. He says in Ephesians, he says, you were once dead, but now you're alive. He says in Ephesians 2.13, he says, you were once far off, but now you've been brought near. Ephesians 2.19 says, you were strangers uh, and you were aliens, but now you are citizens. You're members of the family of God. He says, you were darkness, Ephesians 5.8, but now you are light. So what is Paul saying? As new creation, as people who are in Christ, things have changed. It's a drastic change. Uh, you, are, you have a brand new identity. And that is something we must understand. That is something we must embrace. And sadly, many believers don't make that shift. They, are, they become new creation, but they still think of themselves as the old. They still call themselves, I'm an unworthy sinner. See, that term unworthy sinner has to do with your old life. As a new creation, you are called a saint. You are called sanctified. So call yourself by the descriptors that belong to this new life that you have in Christ and stop using the descriptors of your old life. And you call yourself a sinful man. That's the old man, gone. The new man is the righteousness of God. You were sinful, now you're a saint. You were uh, an unworthy sinner, now you are a sanctified saint. You were condemned, now you are justified. You were guilty, now you are righteous. You, are, you were far away, now you've been brought near. So... Speak of yourself in line with your new identity in Christ because you are a new creation. Use new creation language when you talk about yourself, when you pray, 
when you engage with God, when you engage with other believers, understand your new identity and speak that new creation language because God made you a brand new species, something new uh, that never existed before. And uh, this new man, as we said earlier in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24, he says that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Notice that verse there. This new man is created according to God or in the likeness of God. So this new man is not created according to Adam. It's not created according to the old man. This new man is in the image of God and has the capacity for righteousness and true holiness. So understand this new creation in you, this new man in you is in the image of God. It's a carrier of the life and the nature of God. And it is filled with the capacity for righteousness and holiness. The new person on the inside of you, the new creation that you became in your spirit is in the image of God. It is, it bears the very life and the nature of God. It's a carrier, it's a container of the life and nature of God. And it has the capacity for righteousness and true holiness. That's who you are as a new creation. And going back to that verse in 2 Corinthians 5.17, just highlight a couple of more things before we close. It says there in 2 Corinthians 5.17, he says, all things have passed away. Old things have passed away. That means everything of the old man is gone. The old things have no right over you. You see, the devil wants to uh, convince you that things of the old life still have to linger on in the new, especially in the area of the, of the flesh and the soul. But the Bible is saying old things have passed away. So in your spirit, you've become a new creation. And God says everything of the old is gone. So you need to look at your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, and say old things leave. Your body, old things leave. The old way of living, leave. The old way of thinking, leave. All things are passed away. And you can look back at any of the old things that have a tendency to come back on you in your soul or your body and say, you have no right here because I am a new creation. And God said, old things are passed away. And then he goes on in that same verse. He says, all things are new. All things are new. And then he says in verse 18, the first part which we just read, all things are of God. So all things are new and everything new is really from God. So all of God, the things that have come from God is what makes this a new creation. All things are new and all things are from God. So this new creation, it has everything about it is from God. God is godly. It's God-given. It's God-endured. It what, it's what comes from God. That is your new creation. So don't say, oh, I'm still a sinful man. No. The new creation, you are a new creation. All things are passed away. All things have become new. And all things are from God. Not a little bit from Adam and little bit, a little bit from God. You see, you hear some kind of teaching, you know, these days. Some people say, well, there's a little bit of Adam in you. And there's a little bit of God in you. They are contradicting this verse. Because this verse tells me in verse 18, all things are from God. That's the new creation. 
Not a little bit of Adam and a little bit of Jesus. No, all things are from God. And that's what we will say. All things are from God. In this new creation, all things are from God. I don't have a little bit of Adamic nature, a little bit of Jesus nature, no. My entire new creation, all things are from God. I'm emphasizing this because some people may have heard wrong and been taught wrong. And so they're convinced about it and they feel like I have to have a little bit of Adam in me and a little bit of Jesus in me. No, the Bible says all things have passed away. All things have become new and all things are from God, not from Adam. They're from God. And that's who you are in your new creation. The old man is gone. You have a new life. It has been come from above, given to you by the Holy Spirit. You're a new creation and all things are from God. This is the new creation. This is what God has done for you in your spirit. This is who you are. And you know, this is only the beginning of the journey. There's so much more we're going to discover in the weeks to come. But I want you to embrace this truth. This is who you are in Christ Jesus. And lastly, I just want to emphasize that there is a growing into the full measure of the new creation. Like we use the analogy of a baby. You know, when a baby is born, it has everything in it to make it a full mature uh, adult, grown-up person. But the baby has to grow. It's got everything, but it has to grow into that. And likewise, in our spirit, our human spirit has to grow. We have to develop the full functions of the human spirit, receive knowledge about this new creation, embrace what God has said about us, get rid of the, uh, you know, don't accept anything of the old. They have no place here. All things are new. And we have to grow into it. And we will see uh, the purpose of God in bringing us into Christ uh, fulfilled. Now, let me close with these three statements, a few statements, that are, maybe four statements I want to emphasize. Number one, something that you and I can affirm. Let's affirm this together. You'll see this uh, statements coming up on your screen. Number one, let's say this together. Who I am in Christ is who I really am. Let's say it one more time. Who I am in Christ is who I really am. The second statement I want to emphasize is this. Being in Christ defines my identity, my inheritance, and the life I live out of him. That means being in Christ, that defines my identity, my inheritance, and the life that I live out of him. Third statement, to be in Christ is to be spiritually one with him. And this union envelops everything else about me into him. That means not only am I spiritually one with Jesus, but all of me belongs to him. My body belongs to him. My body is a part of Christ, as we said earlier. So let's say that together. To be in Christ is to be spiritually one with him. And this union envelops everything else about me into him. One last statement. The reason God put me in Christ is so that Christ can be fully revealed in me. The reason God put me in Christ is so that Christ can be fully revealed in me. If you think about this, why did God bring us into Christ? For one reason, so that we could all be like Jesus, so that Christ can be revealed through us. So when people see us, they should see Christ in whom we are. 
whom we are joined together in one spirit. Everything about us is enveloped in him. So Christ is revealed through us. So the reason God brought you into Christ is so that Christ can be fully revealed through you. So this study on our identity in Christ is so powerful because as we grow in this, the ultimate result will be Christ will be seen through us, revealed through us, and he will bear fruit so that the Father will be glorified. We're going to let the worship team come, lead us in worship. I'm just going to come back and close in prayer and ask that this revelation will continue to fill our hearts and we will understand it. And I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the sermons over and over again because sometimes we're not going to get everything when we hear it once. Sometimes we have to hear it over and over and over again for these truths to sink into our hearts and fill our minds. I encourage you to go back Listen to this as many times as you need to, to strengthen yourself in these truths. I need you more, more than yesterday. I need you more, more than words can say. I need you more than ever before. I need you more. Can we sing that up? I need you more, more than the air I breathe, more than the song I sing, more than the next heartbeat, more than anything, Lord, as time goes by, I will be by your side, cause I never want to go back. To my own life, I need you more. Yes, I do. More than yesterday, I need you more. More than words can say, I need you more. Yes, I need you than ever before. I need you more. I need you more.
Pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. And Jesus, you said, if you continue in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And Lord, I pray that even today, as we have spent time in the word, that the word will take deep root in our hearts and will set people free. And I speak freedom, liberty, uh, deliverance, into the lives of people. That God, what you have done for us in our spirit will touch every part of our soul and our body, bringing complete release, complete freedom. Lord, you said in your word that the body is for the Lord and the Lord is for the body. Lord, our physical bodies are for you and you, Jehovah Rapha, are for this body, for our body. So God, let healing touch the bodies of people who are sick and hurting. Let the power of God bring deliverance. Let the power of God set people free in their emotions. Let the power of God break people, break off addictions and things that are enslaving people. Lord, Christ is our redemption. Christ is our righteousness. Christ is our sanctification. So I speak redemption of the power of redemption over every person listening. I speak, Lord God, the, 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 the righteousness that sets us free from guilt, shame, and condemnation, God. 
that people will be free even in that area. So bless your people even as we receive your word because you're continuing in your word. We will know the truth and the truth sets us free. Thank you, Father. Continue to strengthen each one of us in our journey with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us on the service today. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, post your comments and you know in the uh, comment section below or send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, continue strong in Jesus. God bless. See you again. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, publication, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, please visit apcbiblecollege.org. Please remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the app or Google Play Store.